0: Hey everybody, this is Eric Wright, the host of the Disco Posse podcast. Extremely happy to be able to welcome Tyler Kemp to the show. Tyler's the founder of both LeadRoll and Role Social, So you can go to Leadroll.co and rollsocial.co. This is a really interesting conversation about the idea of growth marketing, using real people to generate real interactions. Uh, so this is a beautiful combination of, of stuff that's done as a service, but yet using real people to back it. And Tyler shares a ton of stuff about creating a sustainable organization, creating great culture, what he's done in order to build his organization and his team. And on top of that, you're going to learn a ton of stuff about social media that literally you're going to want to sign up for this. And in fact, hang on, because right in the middle, right near the end, you're going to hear we actually have a coupon code to share. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey, this is Tyler Kemp, founder of leadrole.co and rolesocial.co we're here to talk about growth in your marketing. Welcome to the Disco Posse Podcast. You're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast.
0: All right, we're here. I don't say live anymore because I've learned that lesson that I'm actually not live, uh, it's uh not quite there. And I can't even say live to tape because there's no such thing as tape anymore in this uh, in this industry. Uh, but with that, uh, this is uh Eric, of course. I'm super happy to welcome another great guest. There's so much going on right now, with uh, as we're approaching episode 100 here on the podcast, and today, uh, as I get one notch closer to that, the guests get better second by second. And we've got Tyler Kemp. Tyler, you've got such a cool story, you've got a lot of stuff that you've got going on. This is another. Uh like this is basically founders lessons, business lessons, marketing lessons, and and life lessons. We're gonna explore a ton of stuff. Uh, but you are founder of role social, of lead role. Let's start with where folks can find you. We'll do and let's we'll talk about your products and your, your your platforms, and also you just You've got this neat thing. We're going to talk about fire. No, kids, not the festival that was on the island that made people hate life, but the actual, this is a real cool methodology we're going to explore. Um, and with that, take it away, Tyler. Tyler. Where do we find you online? And, and if folks want to get a hold of you,
1: awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. And honestly, uh, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be on the podcast with you today. So if anyone wants to find me, number one best place is LinkedIn. That is my playground. Um, you can find me at linkedin.com forward slash in slash TJ Kemp or just look up Tyler Kemp and it'll say I help with content. So that'll be pretty clear. You'll see a lot of pink and purple on the profile. so Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so lots of uh, yep, gradient colors.
0: <laughs> and it's so funny because we've kind of got, we've got, you've got a lot going on. Uh, and of course, I introduced you as having two two platforms. And uh, so I I want you to pull pull this this audience through kind of what is role social what is lead role, and then we'll we'll expand out from there because it's it's kind of rare they get talk to me it's like hey you
1: got two products <laughs> right for sure and it can you know seeing how it all fits together is uh, is all part of the fun so yeah well it, it really begins with with this is that we there's there's things we have to do in marketing and in sales. And it just takes so much time. Um, I feel like it's taking more and more to cut through the noise and really get someone's attention um, because you know cold calls are just so hard and no one, I mean, it's, it's disruptive, right? There's the things that always have worked in sales traditionally, not that they don't work. It's just, man, there's so much resistance. And now you've got all this new stuff with social media that you have to figure out. And okay, now there's a new platform. And and sometimes it's like, you know, we feel like I need a new social media platform. Like I need a hole in my head. Right. Cause there's just, exactly. yeah, there's just so much going on. So you know, I yes, I came from uh, startup life. I've been a part of uh, software companies, SaaS companies. I've been a part of larger corporations, um, and uh, I'm sure we might even get into that. But Role Social is a done-for-you social media content agency. That's the easiest way to put it. We we take care of the uh, day-to-day coming up with something new to say out there into the world to help you build a personal brand help you become an influencer and really not have to rely on maybe corporate content if you're if you're at a large company or um you know if you're maybe uh, even a small business get get your message heard without the hours it takes to get it done uh, or the expensive uh, agency fees, right? It's, you know, the price is from $99 on the low end a month to $500 a month on the on the highest end. So it's not that much uh, investment. And then lead role is similarly priced. And what we do there is we reach out to people on LinkedIn and we start conversations on your behalf. And so, you know, one of the best ways right now to get someone's attention is connect with them on LinkedIn and start a conversation in Messenger. It is an outbound sales approach. Relationship first. We don't want to be spammy. We want to be smart, and uh, that's what we do. We help people dial in their sales navigator, and and we just we reach out to two thousand plus people per month um, on their behalf as them, and uh, in conjunction with content, it just it really creates a really good front end top of funnel machine. Does that all make sense.
0: Yeah, when in the. Uh the, the interesting thing about this approach and and it's true, uh, because that that interactive engagement I think is the right way. One of the biggest problems that anybody has is their especially small organization, is scaling that first touch human experience where they don't necessarily want to staff full time. And this is a great way to get, like you said, that sort of top of funnel. So people get interested, they hear about it, at least to sort of test the waters, and then from that point on because it's a warm engagement, not just a, you know, a random thing. And I can tell you, if I get one more email that says, <laughs> love it, love this idea. It was probably worked once, but like, Hey, so I noticed you haven't replied back. So one of three things has happened. You've either been too busy you want nothing to do with me, or you've been eaten by a bear. I'm like, I, I I want to reply back one time and said, Yes, I actually just got back from a bear incident. Uh, you know, due to the challenging healthcare situation, I've lost my leg and and potentially my job. Like like, yeah. I'm like I it, those are it's there's all these sort of kitschy, fun things that we try. But unfortunately, when people are, are at the level where they're great contacts and great inbound uh, targets, they get a lot of the same thing and if you just get that repetitive thing over and over again it just it everything becomes you know just glossed over and it and versus uh, the approach that you're talking about which is like real engagement real people on the behalf uh and you know it's just that, especially the pricing, like I said, agency is, it's disturbing how much mm-hmm. it costs to like bring an agency in.
1: Thousands and thousands.
0: Yeah. I'm like, like that's good, good on them, you know? Right. <laughs> but- good for them
1: maybe, but not if it's not sustainable, you know, like you have to be, the value has to be there. And it was actually even a choice. We, we used to charge significantly more money. Um, but as a, as a business decision, we decided to go ahead and slice that so that we could work with more people and just help Um, you know we wanted to make it accessible for mid-market where most people they can't afford two thousand dollars a month to invest in in their content but you know they can afford
0: 497. yeah and the neat thing too is this is also important and why it's important to bring in somebody who does this thing particularly well. This is where your platform and your, your folks are, are, are why, you know, I'm probably going to become a client really quickly just because (laughs) I, I've got this problem. I'm hitting the scaling issue with a couple of different things that I'm doing. And I'm also a fan of the systematized approach of life, right? Like, uh, you know, whether it's I'm a big sort of student of like Ray Dalio's principles and, you know, this idea of the way they approach things with Bridgewater, which right. is a little bit, you know, maybe antiseptic for a lot of people. But really, the idea is that most of the things we do can be done in a very systemat- systemized or systematized way. And in doing so, you can ultimately give that to somebody else who can use that system. And because you don't have to develop the system, because we're, we are all students of the same brain, you know, all, every person acts generally the same. There's a reason why, you know, Dale Carnegie stuff still sells as a bestseller every year because that those techniques work. So if you can take those techniques, systematize them in what you're doing and then put people behind that system, then you can trust that it's going to get the outcomes, like consistency of outcome, which I think is again, why, going to a firm that that just specializes in this thing in a systematized approach, but does it with a human touch, it's the perfect merger of the three things that you need. And then you don't have to hire into that spot and hope that the person you hire will figure out your system and and use a consistent approach and can scale themselves, right?
1: Right, yeah, I can't even tell you how many times um, the conversation has been around like, oh, we need social media content let's just find some millennial and they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Exactly. Like so many times.
0: (laughs) They're good at this stuff. They just use it all the time.
1: (laughs) They have a profile somewhere. So they must understand demand generation and performance marketing. Uh, But that's not the case, right? Like, you know, we're not all gifted. We're not all gifted copywriters. And if you're a gifted copywriter, we might not all be graphic designers, right? So we literally design. Uh, a custom image that's branded and with the right colors and the right guide. Like we follow brand guidelines for every single post, 40 posts a month. Um, you know, it's like 10 a week to a day. And um, it's just like, who has time or skill for that? Right. And you know, if they're not directly trained for it, it's, that's, that's why we don't do it. We just skip. It. We don't, invest. It's too expensive. We can't measure it. We don't understand social media. And the last thing I want to do with my day is is deal with like, what's my latest LinkedIn post or Facebook or Instagram post when I have a million things to do to run my business.
0: Yeah. And the, I think this is the people are getting much better like we've understood that obviously saas as an approach to to consuming software and services is is cool and why not use you know this is social as a service this is anything as a service like this is this is service as a service you're effectively engaging somebody that can be gotten on demand and that then it scales with your needs so does pricing as you grow obviously you can say hey dial it back increase it um, but again, using the systematized approach, you get the consistency of outcome and its measurability and anybody that 's getting started and they're thinking like i 'm not sure if my brand is ready or whatever well well, it is and let me tell you the first few steps are going to suck because you have no idea how to how do you measure success when you don't know what success is how let talk about maybe your thoughts, Tyler, on where does how do you you know measure that first success for people you know because of the the ability for you to deliver that consistent approach
1: oh completely yeah, yeah. what a good question so uh, measuring social uh, and and uh, it's it's very much like trying to measure brand and brand awareness um I it's think like that, share
0: of voice. I think it's the one that I always, whenever I have some agency approach me like, you have a strong share of voice. and like, that's a made up term. You've- <laughs> yeah, totally. There's
1: so many <laughs> random things that that don't actually exist in the nomenclature. Um, and so, yeah. So when it comes to measuring social, I, I'll tell you what I think most people get wrong. So what what most people I think expect or like, what they want to do is they're like, okay, well, how many likes do I get? Or how many shares or comments? Because these are measurable metrics, but in the end, in the end, a lot of times that becomes, those are really vanity metrics and it completely varies by platform. So Instagram, right? People are quite inclined to kind of like around. It's a lot harder to get that engagement on LinkedIn. Um, it just takes much more specific kind of like tailoring of your, of your language and, and your targeting and whatever. But what matters more than anything else is three seconds of people's attention every single day. It's not about how amazing the content always is, even though that's a part of it, and that's even that is so subjective. Um, what really matters is, is context. So not content, context. How many times am I scrolling and I'm seeing, oh, there they are again, there they are again, there they are again. And every time if I can give them context around who I am and why I might be relevant to them, that's what we care about. And so the most important metric is impressions. It's views on the content and whatever I can do to get more eyeballs on the content. That is the number one thing. And of course, you know, there are ways you, you want to be tailored in your approach. So you don't want to, um, you know, we're not talking about just like trying a million things and and see what works. We want to be relevant and we want to be, um, very specific about who we're talking to so that it actually does what we want it to do. And most people don't know how to get content to turn into sales. That is the big, big thing. Uh, But there's also needs to be an understanding that it's, you know, when you're doing social content, the number one goal is brand. And I want people to know who I am and how I can help their life. Uh, Not just that I'm in sales or whatever. I want them to know, that there is a solution to their problems. And if they, if they uh, you know, they, they might forget about you in a normal sense, you know, how many sales calls do you have that don't convert? Social is just a great way to uh, bring these people back into the fold and stay top of mind.
0: Well, And it goes to the whole content strategy of no single Strat. no single uh, you know lane of content is the one that is everything from from front to back it 's this combination of first you know obviously there's there's just general brand visibility so if somebody were to come and find you, they can see what you are what you 're about uh, then the second is stuff like webinars and invitations to interactive events then there's you know, white papers and other content. And then there's just continuous social like, hey, you know, see what's going on and see why this matters. And they're quick, you know, snippets and points. And the qualification of leads is increased by multiple touches through multiple avenues. And this is why, you know, a lot of people have this idea that like, hey, if I just put out, you know, I, I do webinars. I get to the greatest webinar in, in the world. But if no one's seeing it, you know, it's, hey, look, I saw, you know, a great, I'm sure, you know, at one point, Robin Williams used to be on, on at Pier 49 in San Francisco doing jokes for for dollar bills, right? And then when we finally were like, oh, you know, he's like world famous, obviously, you know, RIP. Uh, but, you know, other folks, like that's the thing. They all started with like one thing, but then it became, oh, I saw him at a club. Hey, I heard he was in New York. This becomes the same thing with your business, right? It's that hey, I see this social post and like, wait, I remember seeing this before, you know, I saw it on LinkedIn. Oh, wait a second, I think I got a webinar invite for them. And now right. you're you're actively attaching brands to activities. And then those activities become like, oh, when you see the next one, like, well, it's the fourth time I've seen them. Let me see what this is all about. And now they're actively engaged. And then that, that outreach comes to like, hey, Oh, look at that. I got this LinkedIn invitation. That's wild because I've been seeing your stuff in my feed. Whammo.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And, and one of the, the words I like to use for that effect is omnipresence. So uh, being like omnipresent or everywhere at once, it's, it's really this idea that wherever you go, wherever someone might go, whether they go to Facebook you're there. If they go to Instagram, you're there. If they go to uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, you're there. And so having, having this consistent brand, one of the best things about social as much of a headache as it actually is to execute and, and handle it all. And you know, we might, there's a lot of people who have been kind of slow adopters, like I'm on there, but I, I just can't bring myself to like, I, I don't want to have to deal with it. Um, in the end it, it really comes down to owning the attention of your market and wanting them to really be like as salespeople, as entrepreneurs as businesses we want to go where the attention is we have to follow attention and so if, if our attention is on on the phone and all we do is we talk on the phone all day well maybe cold that is an okay environment for cold calls and that's where the world was at one point. But where is the world today? Where is the attention? The attention is on our phones and we're, we're scrolling. And when we have five minutes, we're, we're looking around the newsfeed and we're messaging people. And we, we all want to, our voice to be heard. That's the beauty of social media. That's, that's why it's important to be there because um, it's cheap attention. And right now, it's one of the best ways, instead of, you know, how many times does it take to get someone's attention for a sale, right? It often takes like 12 touch points or more. Um, and after you've even tried to make the sale, what happens then? So social media is a great way to kind of keep that flow going and and uh, nurture relationships that you've honestly totally forgot about, but they haven't forgotten about you.
0: Have you found that the I guess there's a, there's a, a neat sort of, you know, greater awareness that I think more businesses get that social is a part of it. And even, you know, some of the big, huge shops are obviously they're They're seeing the value and they're, they're doing better. Like originally, like, you know, a big company would do social and it was just basically just like a, they treated it like an advertisement and they would just like push out stuff that was just, you know, no, no one would read it. You know, just like even like sales folks, they're like, Hey, I've, you know, I'm, I'm doing great. My LinkedIn is, you know, I'm sending out like five posts a day. Like, are you engaging anybody with it versus now? I think there's more people are actually using and staying inside those platforms and then they're engaging with it. Have you seen in your time uh, a shift more in the way people consume and engage? Uh, I'm always curious, Tyler, because it's, it's hard for us to imagine that it was different because it wasn't many years ago that this stuff didn't exist. Like the first time I saw an at symbol for a Twitter on a cereal box, I was like, dang, it worked. Right. Like I heard people like, I've got this new platform called Twitter. And I was an early adopter and I'm a relatively, you know, for, for a lot of my friends. And like, oh, you know, and now it's normal. So people think it's normal, but like, no, no, no. Like you understand a few months ago, some companies only sort of like they basically sat on their brand ID. In these different social networks, just so that no one else would take them. <laughs> how's the how How's the quality of engagement now? As you see, you know, I'd say a a, per, a marked percentage increase in the way that people use social as a daily way to take in
1: information. But mm-hmm. yep, another great question there. So I I would think that uh, it's a there's a it's complicated. It's complicated because. On the one hand, we have more social media users than ever before. And um there's more platforms, you know, now we've got like TikTok that's, you know, people are kind of starting to talk about and it's like the number one uh, entertainment platform on the App Store and, and who knows, tomorrow it just there it's gone. <laughs> we yeah, just don't, exactly. We, we don't all know.
0: remember we all remember Vine or at least I do. Yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Vine, you know. But yeah, it it's it rocketed to the top, became this incredible new thing. But then it and it created a sort of niche way to do things, and that niche niched itself right out of the industry
1: completely. And that's and so you never really know like what's it's hard to keep on the pulse of what's really working and what's going on. But uh, we're also seeing that there's a lot of a lot of this kind of just junk. Right. So companies have, you know, they realize, all right, we have to be on social media. So we're going to, we're going to hire and we're going to spend a few million dollars on, you know, bringing these, this, this agency from outside in and they're going to create our content. And, uh, and we have these robust compliance departments. So, um, in fact, I used to be on the marketing advisory board of a $16 billion company in the mortgage space. And that's exactly the kind of red tape that, that existed was just like, okay, like we, we can't say this, you know, we just, so, so there was so much like nuance. And so they like stripping away all humanity from the posts that what you're left with is a really cruddy it's like a she, short
0: version of a terms and services agreement it basically yes, like this, this is, antiseptic like oh, if you were to take this in while you should not nor is this an endorsement nor is it oh, not an endorsement it's so,
1: funny. Like it, <laughs> it's so and so true though right with like the fine print of like this is not a representation of our company's thoughts and opinions it's like oh it's uh it gets really it gets really bad and and yet and yet that's the kind of thing that people are relying on. And so the feed can get just stuffy and, and full of, of, of stuff that we don't want. Um, and so what I'm finding is that millennials, for example, um, I, I, I really think maybe, actually I'm not even gonna say millennials, I'm gonna say the time that we live in right now, and I believe where marketing is going, is we need to be authentic. And we need to be vulnerable, and we need to be human, um, because the when something is not human, it really does not. It doesn't move us one way or another, and we and we just keep on scrolling. So, so to, to kind of backtrack to your earlier question about like social media adoption, and you know what's the state of all of this stuff. Um, what we're really seeing is that certain platforms are on the decline, uh, like Facebook, for example. So if we were talking and we were having this conversation 10 years ago, all we would be talking about is Facebook and Facebook ads. And I wouldn't have a LinkedIn agency. I would have a Facebook agency. And that was it because you know, there was the golden days where things were so cheap and everyone was on it. And if anyone had an event, you're inviting them to that event on Facebook and so you know now we're joining we we're joining all these groups and so it was it was new and, and companies could spend pennies and reach thousands of people and those days are behind us unfortunately um you know so we are i'm actually seeing a, you know a a decrease of effectiveness in certain platforms because well you know uh, to be honest none of my friends are on facebook they're yeah, just the times not there. Are
0: changing right then times that's, are changing and it's the, this is why I, I tell people all the time, hire an expert. Don't, don't try and figure this stuff out. Is this your core business? Congratulations. You're in the business of figuring out what's the right place to put your content. It's yes. not hire an expert. <laughs> completely <laughs> Because you know, this is, the I had somebody on a previous show uh, from Targetable and, and that was their thing. It's like very specific, you know, going after broad advertising specifically uh, for, everything was for restaurants. And, and the whole thing was like, yeah, this is great, but you gotta learn the understanding of behavioral psychology. Then you gotta learn what's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And the algorithms change, the way that people consume stuff changes. So you don't want a team of people that you gotta train and hire. Because truthfully, if they're particularly good at it, they're going to go to work for one of these companies that does it for a living. (laughs) And the first time actually I worked, uh, so I worked for a a large financial services company and the person that was taking over social media literally didn't even have a social media account, had to sign up for them. Like, as I was like, you're in charge of social media right now. Uh, Oh, okay, great. You know, and they were in marketing and then, and had to learn, literally, had to learn the ropes. I was like, Wait a second <laughs> you just basically made it their problem and and gave them the rules and but they don't understand the system in which they're working and it's it's a little oh, it was it was frightening but you know again so but the point is like you said, even if you're good at it right now in six months the tides have changed and if you're not chasing the tide uh, you're gonna be on the wrong side of, of some pretty bad analytics right
1: right right and or maybe something that's even more important is opportunity cost so part of the the reason that kind of analogy with facebook is actually important is because the window of opportunity that's available today won't always be there so we have a we're in a unique period in history where attention is cheaper than it's ever been it is so inexpensive to capture people's attention, and, and really, I would call attention the new currency. And so, if someone waits and they say, oh, "Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to wait another few months, and you know, I'm going to see where this TikTok thing really goes," opportunity gone. Okay, right. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm going to wait you until wave
0: came in and left <laughs>
1: completely. I'm going to wait until everyone's on Instagram until I get on Instagram. I got to see it work first. I got to see it work for everyone else. And once I've heard it, and everyone else is doing it, and it's all working, then I'll get on. Well, that's, unfortunately, that kind of late adopter mentality will not serve you in marketing, because things have a bell curve. And once, you know, you want to be at the front of the bell curve of effectiveness, because if you're If you're the late adopters, you're at the bottom of the bell curve and things don't work anymore. And then all you are is disgruntled because you tried social media and it didn't work. But that's not, you know, that, that mentality is not going to serve you for real growth going forward. And so, you know, the hope of what we really want to do is, is just, we don't, we're not going to try and change someone's mentality about social media. You can hate social media and work with us. That's actually, they make some of our best clients.
0: That's going to say, it's probably the ideal situation because yeah. they, they know they need it, but they want nothing to do with it, yeah. <laughs> which is the uh, beautiful pairing. Uh, and I tell you, I wish more people would be that way instead of thinking, Hey, I can figure this thing out. I know how to. I know how to use LinkedIn. <laughs> like no, totally. No, no, not cool.
1: Yeah, and and it really does get. It's so funny how many people have like opinions about these things that aren't really based on data. Um, and uh, and some industries are worse than others. Like sometimes we have to dumb back the quality of content because someone just can like all they want. Like they really want it to look like the rest of the canned junk that they're used to. And it's like, and it's really sad, you know, but we, we, we are compliant with that. We, we tailor our approach as much as necessary because we know we work for the client at the end of the day. Right. Um, we do an hour strategy call with them. We get into their brand, we help them identify their brand voice, even if they've never even thought of their brand voice before we do all that work with them as a part of our service. Um, And my head of content, actually, she has a master's of enterprise brand management. She is like a wizard with helping people identify their brand and and stuff they've never even thought of. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I I think that people really just, um, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see these trends go and all of a sudden we're, we're a few years forward and now the only way we can get cheap attention is by doing a funky jig on a video for 30 seconds trying to make someone laugh, like and you're in mortgage. Like <laughs> yeah, Yeah, had not, you not know, your desired audience, right? That's not. Yeah, it's I don't want to see that. that you style. want to
0: attach to that brand. Now, I, I'm I'd love to I want to steer us towards some some really some of the stuff that interests me about the way that you've approached things. Um, we'll, we'll talk about, we're going to come back to fire because fire is a really neat thing. And, and people got to, are going to love, I uh, it's, I love the, the methodology that you're using as is that, but you've got a really interesting thing. You're doing something which is incredibly adaptive and reactive, and you're cr- cr- sort of creating what the right place to be is through what you do in your platform your company in the way that you've built it is actually founded in the roots of a true sort of, I love the idea, like the idea of bootstrapping instead of just immediately going after VC and and incredible growth. So you've got this beautiful dichotomy that you've taken a very, I'll I'll say conservative, but I'll talk an appropriate approach to properly building a sustainable business approach and then using you know, again, attacking a market which is very volatile and very, you know, continuously changing and, and it's exciting. So I love that you've kind of split the line. I would love, if you don't mind, Tyler, to talk about your approach to building the organization and, and how you came to to do it the way you did.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Man, there's some juice up in that in that question. Uh there is some good stuff <laughs> for if you're a founder out there, this is a good time to pay attention. Um okay, so I fundamentally believe in in automation. I believe in in process and systems. And I'm going to, I'm going to paint this picture maybe for you. And, and, and in the process kind of answer this question of how do I go about building this, this business? Um, I believe that in the past, like there's really, there's four things you really need to, uh, to build an effective functioning business. That's more than just a hustle. Okay. So if you're, you know, there's, there's hustle, you know, solo, like I'm doing everything myself. uh, And that's a, that's totally great place to be. um, But it can only take you so far. So there's four things that I believe are necessary for a scalable kind of business. The first is a lead generating machine. You have to be able to generate leads effectively. So that was one of our first questions. Where am I going to get people's attention? How do I bring them into my ecosystem? Then the next real question is to build a lead conversion machine, something that can take somebody and um, bring them through the doors of a sale without necessarily having to talk to me. And that's the other, you know, uh, that is is a, a missing piece to most businesses. Then there's the third, which is a service delivery machine where Now that I've made the sale, I've got to figure out a way to give this value kind of on autopilot and in a predictable way where everything works like clockwork and they don't have to do anything, as little as possible. And then the final real component of of kind of businesses that I like to build is to really create a repeat and referral business machine to where you have a process of generating uh, referrals on the back end and you have a, a, a way that you turn one client into two clients and then that process can repeat itself going forward so those four things kind of in the bundle of your, your financial situation because the numbers all have to make sense and your team has to make sense and you all have to have the right organization structure but in the end like when I when I set out to to begin this I actually started with trying to solve these four things, uh, lead generating machine, lead conversion machine, service delivery machine, repeat referral, business machine. And I built it around automation and process and very strict standards of practice. And then I brought in team and we always lead with revenue, meaning that not any, not a single investment was made. Um, Apart from kind of like the initial like structure of the business without there being revenue first. So, and actually technically there even was revenue first before we even launched because that's like uh, sell it first and then and then like we built it by me selling it first before there wasn't even an organization. So we, we led for with revenue from the very beginning. Uh, does that all make sense.
0: It does, and, and, and I gotta I gotta get people to step back for a second if they haven't figured out that this is this is a unique approach, not not specifically unique, but like in a there's a subset of of startups and businesses that start that begin this way. We're obviously wrapped in the stories of these sort of VC backed, yeah, you know, aiming to be unicorns. They, they there's more. You know, Silicon Valley is filled with more hockey sticks than the Boston Bruins Arena. And what they're trying to do is, is continue to, you know, uh, use a systematic approach to get to five years to a major compelling event, which is an IPO or, or an exit. Uh, you know, and that's really the aim versus starting and aiming for profitability from the get go if I can use a phrase from the 20s there. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) same. (laughs) uh, But this is really, it's a rarity because it's also, it's hard to stick to that program and it's hard to be conservative and aggressive at the same time to say like, I'm going to build this business, but I'm going to make sure that it's done in the roots of revenues. And revenue-backed growth is... Incredibly beautiful because you know where it's coming from. You know you have predictability in things. You know if you aim for that hockey stick thing, like I study lots of VC backed. I'm involved in in a in a VC backed firm myself, but we have a very conservative approach to it. And so you know people just got to get like the lesson that they're learning from this podcast, which they better be writing the stuff down. I'm going to transcribe this one because this is among the few that are literally like an HBR a y combinator lesson you know somewhere in the middle it's a beautiful combination it's like somewhere in Harvard business review but not in an old fuddy-duddy 1950s (laughs) style this is like but it's also not like yeah you're going to start with three people and why won't get you to two million in six months like
1: uh, that's and unfortunately i don't think i would be a y combinator speaker because i haven't received funding so that would kind of defeat the whole purpose of 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 their mission, but maybe maybe I would one day. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Well, and this is the interesting, and that's the funny thing too. There's, there's always an opportunity down the road where you may, uh, you may choose to bring investments in merely to map to the model that you've got versus immediately aiming for what can I do to show enough growth to get an investment? Which right. is a fundamentally different way. Uh, so it's I, I'm a fan. As I'm I'm sort of doing some stuff uh, with a you know building a small team and and a platform and and doing some some interesting things around mentoring and 100% rooted in what you're talking about, which is I'm not going to spend any money on this thing until I know that I've got. A, a paying customer. And the funny thing is I've already got that going. And like in the same way you talked about, it, I've actually got people who are like, Hey, look, they're racing to get in I'm like, okay, good.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's what you need. And and I, I, so I came from, again, a startup that we were uh venture backed by 500 startups. Um, and I was in charge of, of growth and marketing and taking the initial success and, um, moving things national right doing taking like what worked and then scaling it because that's like my thing um so i i fully i think that model is fantastic as well and you can do a lot with that kind of revenue because there is of course this kind of slow grind forward when you have to you know when you're trying to map every dollar with you know every piece of growth with with profit um but i think that our number one mission was to say, I, we want it to be more valuable and provide more value than anyone else for less than anyone else. And we wanted to make, you know, obviously, uh, we want to make it affordable and generate a profit at the same time. So, um, you know, there's a lot of factors into that kind of, of model where my eyes were not fixed on, you know, VC at all. Um, it was just on the market. I'm keeping my, my pulse on the market. And what, what are the pains that need to be solved that, uh, that I can solve in a scalable and predictable kind of way better than they're doing it, doing it themselves and better than you know, uh, other models out there that don't work like this model, right? I mean, because you can, you can hire freelancers, you can hire expensive agencies, but you don't, you don't quite get the same level of, of competency as the model that we've decided to, to kind of build. So yeah, that kind of like you said, the the service as a service business.
0: Yeah, and the if I look at uh, other great models of of folks and and also good folks to listen to as well. So um, a company called Basecamp that was originally Thirty Seven Signals, Jason Fried and David Hanemeyer Hansen DHH on Twitter. uh, They've they've done a lot of really great stuff with this sort of bootstrapped approach, and they very directly kind of fly in the face on a Almost on a daily basis in social media as well against the the silicon valley you know high growth hockey stick approach and and it's funny they're like they're extreme edges where they've had a they've been very successful in what they've done they've been at it for a long time and they've they've proven themselves out and then at the same time, we've got the ubers of the world and and all these things, and I don't think that those are wrong, like you said we're not putting any disrespect in that approach but simply that if you're looking to start your own thing you know you can go to the bookstore and you can buy a $100 startup a $100 startup is a book not meant to get you to uber but it's meant to get you to you know roll social like it's going to be some, it's the idea is like use an approach that's small start a bit of sweat equity and then as you scale then make sure that you're scaling your revenues and and everything with it and again it's that I got to ask about how you, how you got there. You know, you, especially coming out of like, you know, designed for growth and and you being that as that was your role and your goal in the previous organization. What was your schooling that got you? Like, where did you pull this learning from Tyler? Because you've got the, you're aged beyond your years and the wisdom you bring to this conversation.
1: <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Yep. And I, have, I have a young face. If you see me on social media, I look like I'm like, uh, like in my early 20s, but I, I'm actually, I, I've, I've breached the 30 barrier, dang it, <laughs> uh, which is good. I, I'm happy people think I'm young, uh, younger than I am, and 30 is, is very young. So, um, the where did I come from? Let me, I'll tell you a secret, man. I school did not work for me. You probably hear, I mean, we see this, um, with a lot of entrepreneurs. Like, I feel like it was probably in my blood, um, that like when i graduated high school i think i had like a d minus it was it was pretty bad um i didn't learn anything and, and they talk about hey school just put you know people in school they this is the secret they push you through um and no one wants to hear it but it's kind of you know many times it's true and that's that was me they they pushed me through um and so i but i i had this desire to Kind of build beyond my station and um and i think when you're young like really young like you you i struggled at least with imposter syndrome and i wanted to like be like i wanted to be someone that people could respect and i wanted to, but i wanted to be ethical but then there's like oh what kind of you know what how could i possibly get to that next level and um one thing led to another, I, I started my first company when I was 22 um, and kind of took that leap. And it was it was based on my, my dad, my father's investment. He, I was like, hey, I have this idea. I told him, I'm like, I kind of want you to quit your job to come do this with me so that maybe we can make some money. And he actually did, he quit his, his job So that we could start this little business together. Um, That's family faith in business. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, and so I, that gave me some time. We ran that for about three years. um, And that gave me some time and space to acquaint myself with entrepreneurship and like learn the lessons. And I had my nose in every book possible. And I, you know, like absorbing information has always been a strength of mine. I love self-learning, which is so funny when you think about how poorly I I did originally in school. And eventually I went back and I went to college and I had a 3.8 GPA. Like it worked, but I I didn't finish. So I don't even have a degree. Um, And, but what I found was I was really good at generating deals. I was good at sales, I was okay at sales, but I was good, really good at marketing. and that became my focus. And um, eventually I landed into a position with uh, a mortgage loan officer who was really crushing it, but he was kind of stuck. And um, we were able to, so he he was producing between 60 and 100 million in loan volume a year, but he, he couldn't really break it. So I came in and I'm like, you know, we did some analysis on his situation and uh, we made a deal basically that if I could get him to a certain benchmark, he'd, he'd pay me what I was asking. And uh, we got him to 120 million in 12 months um, wow. in loan production that year. And that year he was the top loan officer in Colorado. And that's when I really knew, I was like, okay, this is my thing. And then I went on to, that's you know the kind of success that got me into the more you know higher tier uh, involvement with the corporate side and uh, then I started traveling and doing speaking events. And then, uh, you know, this got picked up by the startup world. And one thing leads to another. And now we're here. We're, we're back in, in full-fledged entrepreneur mode. And I'm thankful for all the lessons along the way. Nice. Yeah. And
0: it's and that's the, the incredible thing as a, uh, you know, fist, virtual fist bump to a fellow high school grad. Barely. <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I learned I learned more when I went back to school late because i was like i had figured out the system i knew how to learn like i knew how to take the test i knew how to get the marks and i knew how to get what i wanted out of it versus when you're going through it the first time they're like here's what you're going to you need to know and versus i'd gone away and i said what what actually matters to the to me in the world and it changed the way that i approached learning so it was kind of neat that to get that break away and again being like you i i targeted like look i know I can do this thing on my own if I have to. And so when I went back to school, it was very purposeful of like, let me just bolster the skills that I, I think I may need in case I got to get a regular job. And, and I did. And then, you know, have moved into the startup world and and such. And it's, it's quite, it's an unconventional set of lessons that we can pick up through it. Um, But, back to conventional lessons and i got i we we're, we're going to come on again more more than once but before we cut off because i've i've keep teasing this idea of fire mm-hmm. let's talk mm-hmm. about fire and i want to specifically explore uh tell folks what is what is fire and and how did this methodology and this approach come to you and, and how do you put it into play
1: yeah so it's called the fire formula and if anyone listening wants to look more into this idea and this approach to marketing um whether or not you ever end up working with us it really doesn't matter this is a framework for marketing that that really can color whatever you're doing um, you can go to rolesocialco forward slash resource if you like to read a lot, uh, or if you want to kind of hear a, a training walkthrough of this rolesocialco forward slash training and we can give you more information on, on the FIRE formula. But What it stands for, FIRE stands for frequency, intimacy, relevancy, and efficiency. And Being frequent, you know, just the the most condensed way I can put this being frequent means that you're always showing up in the right platforms in the right, um, uh, amount of consistency and you're, you're staying in front of people and you're not just, you know, for example, putting out social media content for uh, a week and then you get tired of it and then you stop. Um, so we break it down into a couple of components there, uh, intimacy, really means that you're you're being real and authentic in your marketing and you're trying to be human because people buy from those they know like and trust and so rather than pulling the wool over their eyes and and trying to manipulate them with all these hooky marketing stuff out there like countdown timers and all this these things um instead you know being authentic and real and and open and sharing that you got a d minus in high school (laughs) You know, that kind of thing helps to build real life connection and relationships. Relevancy means that you're tailoring your marketing message to where someone is in the buying cycle based on the level of trust they have with you. So if they're on social media um, and they don't know you, your message to them needs to be different than if you're marketing to people who have maybe already viewed your your training webinar, or if they've already done this action, you can speak to people in different ways based on your marketing. So, becoming relevant is one of the most important things. Because, for example, if you're frequent, but you're not relevant, you're annoying.
0: Amen to that. I and we're all everybody's like nod and listening. Is going got a few of those in my in my social timeline mm-hmm. and <laughs> exactly.
1: Yep. And so, but if you're frequent and relevant, you're omnipresent. And that's when it's okay to post 40 posts a month because you're relevant to the right people and, and you're speaking the, the right message to them at the right place and platform. And finally efficiency means that really there's too much that needs to be done to do yourself. And efficiency in a nutshell is spending money to buy time and having a uh, a team and being able to properly delegate and duplicating the success of others and so not trying to reinvent the wheel and, and and figure this stuff all out yourself but instead saying because you know it just it costs too much money to pilot every new idea. So instead say look duplicate our success, duplicate the success of others, do what's working right now because we're gonna stay on top of what's working and when it changes, we're gonna pivot with the change. You know, if if LinkedIn outreach stops working the way it's working right now, then we're going to get into the in-mail business and we're going to figure out, we're going to do what works when it works. Um, But right now it's important to utilize these four things. So when you have, when you're frequent and you're intimate and relevant and efficient in your marketing together, it creates something that we decided to call the ignition effect. So that is this chain reaction of growth that can happen inside of your business, inside of your life, when you have these four things implemented. And this all falls under the category of really the lead generating and lead converting machine. So implementing the fire formula into things, and role social and lead role are a way to get this done. They are a way to be frequent and intimate and relevant and efficient, not the only way. You know, you can use ads and you can do all kinds of things. It's one way on the organic front to be organically omnipresent and be reaching the right market at the right time with the right kind of message and cause this chain reaction of growth inside your business.
0: When the efficiency is incredibly important because you're, when you're kicking up new social and you're thinking about engaging ads and, and looking at, at direct engagement, like for a lot of people, just the idea of of getting into advertising or getting into direct engagement, uh, it's it's they have no idea what what the cost is, and they can't because it's it's variable. And then if you look at it across the spectrum of like to build omnipresence and mapping it to conversion, like you know, for uh, you know if you think of you go out there and you you do outreach to 100 people and you convert 5 of them you're like on the high end of success which is kind of disturbing and so obviously you have to spend to do it 100 times to get the let's say between 1 and 5% that you actually convert and you there's more than one touch that will get them to that conversion So you have to analyze the cost per customer. And like, so the customer acquisition cost or CAC is the thing that we we always talk Mm -hmm. about, right? Mm -hmm. And CAC is is rough. It's a really difficult calculation because it's it's like derivative, you know, math. (laughs) It's it's horrifying because you have to measure it across multiple engagements. And so it's also super easy for a business to go, like, well, this is what I'm spending on Facebook ads. This is what I'm spending on my social media team. This is what I'm spending on uh, social media you know, platforms that are pushing out my content. This is what I'm using for internal social sharing. This is what I'm using to train my people on how to speak like humans when they write copy. Uh, god i can't tell you how many times i've i've read stuff i'm like it looks like you hired an ai to write what a robot would write if it was <laughs> believing it was a human i'm like this is this is not you know dear kind sir we noticed that you're in the business of x and we believe it would be valuable for us to see what our company can do for you i'm like how would you say hey exclamation mark i'm a spammer uh, yeah yeah he's like let's let's actually make it look like a human and i've been fooled by really good human looking content or I'm, I'm a three paragraphs in. I'm like, dang it. hundred percent machine generated because I realized like, or like it was, it's like a, a regular, you know, outbound, uh, you know, outreach, but like I hung on. And, and I'm the worst customer because I, I do this stuff for a living. So like, I know, I know what it is. So, but I'm like, you magnificent bastards. Mm-hmm. You, you, I read it all the way. In the same way that we all remember Joel from Buffer. And all of a sudden, one day, Joel wasn't at Buffer anymore. And it was Mike from Buffer. I'm like, what happened to Joel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, every day I would get a thing from Joel from Buffer. And it was like, we test that stuff. Like, so when you're emailing from your company, you testing names testing personalities and personas like it's right. doing the stuff takes time practice and then measuring it is the hardest part
1: yeah that's true and i think in 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 line with that i feel like most entrepreneurs really sometimes just need to hear too that you can take action and and do things and i think the number one most important thing as an entrepreneur is momentum And sometimes we can get caught in this like analysis paralysis where I'm not going to make a decision unless I've, I've really hashed out every possible thing. And meanwhile, three months go by and you still haven't taken advantage of the trends that do come and go. And now you've lost your, you've lost the opportunity altogether. And so like, I feel like really a mindset shift for so many people needs to happen on the growth spectrum where it stops being about more leads, more leads, more leads, and really should be about um, how many people can I build trust with over time that are the right people that need what I'm doing and need what I have to offer. Uh, because it is, just as I'm watching everything change all the time, and I keep, again, my finger on the pulse of this stuff, um, the world is changing. I, I think the future of marketing is going to be in building audiences, so building an audience and then nurturing the leads that you have for a very long time and building as much trust with them as possible and not trying to play the short game of, you know, a direct response ad where it's like, click here to purchase this thing. Instead, bringing people through a more long, a little bit longer cycle of trust building to get them to that, that end goal and and, you know they don't have to know all the metrics they don't have to know how to measure all of this stuff sometimes you just need to know that if you want like you got to do what's working and it's better to start and kind of figure things out as you go sometimes than to i mean it just depends on your industry too right like i think for example customer acquisition cost is a, such an important metric uh you really have to know that especially if you're going to do um you know a lot of outbound advertising, but sometimes it's good to say, all right, we've got this revenue. I'm going to invest. I'm going to, you know, move forward with growth because I need more business. So I'm going to invest in, in, in growth. And even if they, even if they don't know all of their numbers yet, but I don't know if you would agree with that. But perhaps Yeah,
0: no. And I think that this is the trick and, and you've, you've really hit it that the stuff that we're talking about and we're laying down some of these sort of formulaic things, the reason why they're hard to get to is cuz you have to you have to do it for a while before you know the measurement of it and and it's really interesting when we you know you have to sort of have a faith that you're taking the right approach and then through a combination of faith and data you you put those two things together so it becomes anecdotal and data and faith experiments that you have to know you it's never going to work the first crack for sure, like you are the first dozen right in the same way that you need to to get to a hundred people to get three to convert
1: mm-hmm. there's going to
0: be stuff you're going to do which is going to be money wasted, but it's not actually because. Now, you know, what's the Thomas said or something, right? I didn't fail. I found 10,000 ways not to build a light bulb. It's you've, you have to do a bunch of things that do and don't work before you know what's actually working. Right. And especially when you look at this idea of, you know, what's, I think it's uh, the 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 quote was from Kevin Kelly uh, and it says something about in the only thing that's scarce in a world of abundance is is human attention. So when you're fighting for attention, it's very challenging to measure it early. And only when you have a large data set can you actually say, ah, ooh, okay, now I'm seeing the patterns that are forming. But if you don't, if you don't lead with just, hey, let's try this one, <laughs> you are like that's why we A-B test. That's why we, and we do these things because you have to try one way and try it against another way but before you even get to that just just try one way just and and if you're gonna do it by golly look to somebody else that's been successful at it and say okay what what works right and that's why i wanted to dig in on on fire and that that Mm. that approach because it's people got to get it's it's very you've you've done a great job uh of laying out the the foundations that people should use and then put their put their human into it. Also, one of my favorite quotes ever is Frank Zappi, he says, like a computer can't tell you the story. Uh, it can lay out the the words, but what's missing is the eyebrows, right? This is why we humanize this stuff. This is why you can't just go in and, and have an AI generate your social for you.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, it, it, that's <laughs> such a huge mistake. Uh, that's exactly why. Like you know, how many RSS feed kind of post things do you see out there where I'm, I'm plugging in and every time this company posts a blog, I just throw something out there because they think, oh, frequency, maybe, right? They're probably thinking in their mind, I'm gonna do frequency, but they miss intimacy. Yeah. And then they, and they probably are missing relevancy. Um, and so that's why you, you really need all four. You can't just be frequent and efficient because I think an RSS feed is darn frequent and darn efficient. <laughs> Exactly. You, you hit
0: 50%. Unfortunately, it's, the, it's not going to close the loop. <laughs> it's
1: not. You need intimacy and you need relevancy to have the ignition effect of growth. And um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it really is just as important as getting started. I do think that sometimes people's expectations, like you really have to have the right expectation too when it comes to social media, because it's not something you do to get a million leads in the door. Like content, that's not ever the point. Um, And when you're in sales, sometimes leads are all you can think about. Um, You know, if I'm not getting the phone ringing, like that's, it must be because my social content's not working. but really in the end like it's building it's all about that trust and all about that awareness and and becoming the big fish in the small pond the small pond is the news feed of the people in your network and you want to own their news feed and be the person that keeps popping up every single day with relevant insights um, and that's how you build influence and authority and influence and authority are critical components for sales it's critical for pr it's critical for uh opportunities that present themselves in the market and you get better partnerships as a result uh you know you there's so many good things that come from that that uh you know that's why it's you have to see the forest instead of the trees right
0: absolutely and I if you if you got a few more minutes because I got one thing I want to dig in on I don't want to I know we're we're at the top of our recording time and I don't want to blow up your time. It's good. Let's dig. Nothing nothing like the easy question at the end. (laughs) So so I so lied when I just said that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you have any concerns, Tyler, on people's the perceived lack of trust in social media because? unfortunately, a very noisy part of the social world, you know, which is around just the negative aspects of it. And I'd be curious, like, how much does that come into play when you're approaching an organization or a person and saying like, hey, this is a great way for you to look at it? Do you find that, is that distrust coming into that conversation? Or is it that I'm like hyper aware because I'm, I'm out there looking at it all the time?
1: You know, I think that, I think that it it really depends on sometimes the market, Um, the more people get sold to the less trusting they tend to be, Um, the more the prospect, the less they will like to engage if they think that you're a spammer, however, um, when there's also a refreshing element when you're providing something of value on a regular basis. Um To the person who is worried about maybe putting the wrong message out there, um, it's better it's better to be present and not perfect than invisible and right now, people are looking to social media to determine your status and status sells so if they look and you're like, okay, great, I'm like, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, but I've only ever connected with people that I that are literally closer than family. So I've got, like,
0: you yeah, know,
1: sorry. 150 connections on LinkedIn. That's fine, but you're not going to be perceived. You've officially hit guys. your
0: Dunbar number, and that's it. You stopped.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. And you you know you have to have a mindset for growth. You have to have a mind. Most a lot of problems with growth tend to be problems with mindset, and uh, you know that's why i i harp on this kind of like you know the importance of building brand and going back to the basics of coca-cola right and like how they grew by just being everywhere sipping on coke um and it's it's not new there's nothing new there about it it's just a new place it's just a new you know a new kind of media but people are the same and so you know we want to make things conversational but I think the big mistake is perfection really is the enemy of marketing. Um, and, and when you're afraid and when you leave with fear, um, you just don't grow. Uh, you don't take the, you know, the, the leaps forward and and you don't make the impact you really want to make. Um, not at least at the level people probably could if they took more, you know, a little bit more aggressive approach. Um,
0: well, and, and the, it think of the, it, it's not even just you're, you're not just, because you're not up against yourself, per, like partially every company, every you know, business is up against themselves. They're up against the complacency of the lack of understanding of what they do or the care for them to believe that it's its a, a, a thing that will change the life of a customer. But more importantly, there is some competitive thing out there. there and there's, just the way like if y'all stand around the pool and dip your toes in and say, well, I'm waiting until it's two degrees warmer, some big kid's going to go off the diving board and cannonball in. And, and and while you're sort of going, oh boy, you know, I wouldn't have done that. Guess what? You know, that, that person now has the attention. And when you're in an attention economy people are going to see that. And then they'll use that as the like, Hey, I remember you're the, you're the big kid that jumped in the pool. Like, and now I'm going to spend some time talking to you. And like, so now you have the first attention and now it's the launch point to the next phase of your engagement. And like you said, if you sit there and wait for the perfect opportunity and the perfect tweet and the perfect LinkedIn connection, Mm. uh, your, uh, you're going to be waiting at the bus stop for a bus that isn't coming. <laughs> for sure,
1: for sure, and and in fact, since I know, since I know, like there might be people listening who this has resonated with, um, and you know, if if they've been nodding their head kind of the whole time, like, yep, that's me. I need this kind of a thing, uh, just as a as a gift to the uh, the audience, um, where they can use a, a code, a coupon code. And it's the word ignite with a cap, just all capitals ignite, um, on Roll Social, and, and we we'll waive their setup fee on their uh, gold or silver plan if they sign up. So that's just uh, an extra little savings to to those who feel like implementing, um, who feel like this is something that's that's good for them, that they want to give a shot. And we do a free trial and you know seven day free trial, money back guarantee if they don't like content, all kinds of stuff. So it's literally no risk, but there's a huge risk in not putting yourself out there on social and not not nurturing your audience
0: yeah it's uh if you if you don't take some faith uh leaps then you you're never going to move forward and you know it's like every every you know idiom and axiom of of the idea of like hey you know a marathon begins with the first step blah, blah blah whatever whatever fun phrase you want to attach to it is some inspirational thing that you probably saw on a pinterest board somewhere the point is get your ass on social and even better <laughs> do it with a team that that kind of knows what they're doing and you know like this is and then hey if they want to scale beyond that and they they choose to roll their own team and and take what they learned that worked well. And so that, that, that's, I'm sure bound to happen. Uh, But really there's so many people I know that are listening to this. It does
1: Sometimes it does. And, and sometimes they come back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no fan. That's, and that's the beauty part. It's like, there's, uh, at the very least just to get that advisory, you know, to, to know, because, because the world is changing. If, you know, if you figured it out now, guess what? You know, like you said, you know, get on TikTok now and, and you'll, you'll, you'll rock the TikTok nation. And then in four months, something else will, you know, some cat that, that walks on a fence backwards will, will replace you. And, and, and again, then you're trying to figure out what's next. And now you got your, your employees doing, you know, flash mobs trying to get on, on some kind of viral opportunity again, especially when it's a business. Like, It's so hard as a business to be important, to pull attention in a way that's attention grabbing, but not ludicrous. And it's like you, it's this beautiful combination, you know, and even like I think of like Super Bowl ads, like we used to see Super Bowl ads when they happened and now they get released like a month in advance and then you just see people like, oh, I already saw it. And even better, this is the beauty. The best marketing thing you could ever do is all these people put out these things and said, "Here's the ad that that you won't see at the Super Bowl because it was too risky." Well, first of all, no, it was never submitted to be a Super Bowl ad. But that beautiful technique of like, ah, all right, cool, you got my attention, and that's what it is, right? So this is why go to go to the experts that know how to get the attention and turn it into what you want to then so then your business can do what it's supposed to do. So yeah, definitely. I, I, I applaud what you and the team are doing. Uh, Tyler, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll, we'll dig in again in future uh, because yeah, I've got a lot more to a lot more we could, we could explore mm-hmm. uh, just on, on the bootstrapping story as well. for people it's, it's so important. Uh, there's so many lessons in, in what you've done and congratulations on, on what you've built already and continued success for sure. So before we close up, uh, what's the best way again for people to get a hold of you? You talked about LinkedIn. Obviously, we go to, uh, you go to you go to RollSocial.co, uh, which was the uh, the first stop. And then beyond that, you also want to make sure that you're going to LeadRoll.co as well. Uh, we talked about the 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 if you use Ignite as a code with RollSocial. So thank you very much for sharing that. That's cool. Absolutely. That's cool wave uh, some setup fees so get on in kick the tires on it uh, learn what it's about uh, and I know I'll be I'll be jumping on in myself very soon because you know it there's there's many many ways that we all need to to get ourselves out there, and mm. uh, and uh, and I will be sorry. Uh, so I say I am not invested in the product yet, uh, <laughs> but uh, I was chasing down with some research, and and I'm keen to jump in. So, how do we get a hold of you, and where do folks find out more?
1: Yeah, now you hit on the head, man. And uh, I think best place is if they're if they're still in kind of discovery mode. Um, or like interested and they, they want to learn more about the approach they can go to RollSocial.co forward slash training and Take a few minutes to invest in, in their in their education and from a marketing perspective and see what's working and, and what the big pitfalls are to avoid uh, Whether they're working with us or not and uh, of course if they want to work with us, that's awesome And, and uh, we would love to we just want to help people really, you know, help them get um get heard in this crazy market and connect with me on LinkedIn. And I am, I respond to messages. So, um, feel free to, to find me connect. And if you want an example of role, social content, my team creates all of my content 100%. So, um, it's the same, the same people working on my stuff is what works on like the people who work on our, our, my clients. Nice. Um, so it's the same, thing uh, and all of our you know highly trained this is what we do so yeah that's a great place to kind of see <laughs> what we're really all about
0: I just had to laugh at it for a moment. I thought about it. so it was Tim Ferriss is famous for doing. Uh, so, folks who know Tim Ferriss, uh, founder of the you know the four hour work week, the four hour body, the four hour four hour four hours, so four hours everything. Uh, a very interesting fellow, great podcast, great great read for sure. Um, but one of the famous things he does is really cool April Fool's jokes. And so, what he did on one April Fool's day was he said that. In fact, he had outsourced his entire his out his entire personality was outsourced, and it was in fact uh, coming from you know uh, from some team in India that he would hired like three years earlier, and that he in fact had never actually created any of this content. And so people funny. were were like just viscerally angry. He said the comments that came in were just like "you're a fraud." <laughs> <laughs> and like so, yeah. I it's funny like the faith of of. Letting somebody else represent you as a brand, there's nothing better than eating your own dog food. Uh,
1: So I love that you've done that uh, again. Uh, Well, you can't afford not to to do that. And it's part of efficiency, right? Delegating revenue generating activities to your team like social media, it's just, uh, it's too important. And as the founder of what we're all doing, like I, you know, my time is actually better spent not doing social media. It just that's is. right. It's Irony. worth delegating to to the team at Roll Social, and uh, that's that's a part of the of the beauty, and it and it does it really does work, and it works. You know, uh, it just uh, brand always takes time, but it's it's something that is built, and we can I guess we can build it for you. So, very nice, very nice, awesome, Tyler
0: Kemp, an absolute pleasure. Uh, looking forward to hearing and seeing much more uh, in the future.
1: Thank you for having me, man. Really appreciate it, and thank you all for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, uh, good for you for for sticking around. That's right. They they have. <laughs> this on. is how you I- get to the next level.
0: That as I, if we've got there, tweet me and say made it to the end. Made it to, to the end, end. totally. <laughs>
1: Message me on LinkedIn. Made it, made it to the end, uh, for sure. I almost I always want to
0: put those sort of canaries out there, just like hey, if you if you heard this, just tweet me with hashtag forty nine, and then I know that you. It's well, that's why they do all those things with like advertising, like you know, make sure you go to rulesocial.co forward slash news. And it's always the worst like overdub, but like the point is, then I I know that you actually caught us on a particular network or whatever. So That's but definitely right. uh it's it's been it's been great so we will we'll talk again in future.
1: Thanks for having me Eric Hey everybody it's
0: starting again grab a cup
1: of Joe and get your friends Put on your head.